Strap one on, it's time to jam! Welcome to, is this a dozen? Maybe. Maybe. If not, we're close. Uh, maybe episode 12, maybe episode 11. It's not even that high a number, so I should still be able to keep track of Goodwill is Hunting, the podcast that breaks it down for you. As always, joining me here today is, I guess I call you Sam, still almost calling you what we call you on the other podcast. Oh, we watched Reprisal, Sam. We sure did. Uh, you know what, though? Enough fucking around. Sam, tell me about the lock. What kind of lock was it? It's a special lock. Very what, special. Was it a big lock? Was it, what, what did it look like? What color was the lock? Maybe if we Google it, we can, we can break it down and figure it out. Yeah, break it down for me. <laughs> yeah, if you listen to the last episode, you know that we grabbed onto the idea that break it down for me was a very important part of this movie it isn't really it kind of is i think it's the fact that they like they use it twice in the same scene and it's clearly the same audio just like copy pasted yeah they didn't have bruce bruce had a word limit in his contract so they couldn't have him say it twice this movie, more than any movie we've done so far, I think, feels the most, we had Bruce for two days and we need to stitch together some sort of Frankenstein film monster around the, the footage and audio we have. And nowhere is that clear, and we'll get to the plot breakdown in a second. No, it's immediately clear from the very first scene where Frank Grillo and his way too young wife leave their house, and his neighbor is Bruce Willis, who is, in fact, a retired cop again. And you see the see him from the back, and already you're like, that's not Bruce Willis. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the standard, you know, Bruce Willis stand-in, whose head generic shape is completely guy. different. Yep, generic bald guy. And Frank Grillo says something to him, you know, keep working, old man. And then it cuts to a close-up of Bruce Willis turning around so we see his face, but then it cuts back to the back of this guy. So we see him turn around, then immediately he's facing the other direction again because in the long shot, we can't see his face. And then we hear audio of not Bruce Willis go, I'll take you any time, punk. Oh, this movie's <laughs> going to be something special. Oh, Sam, plot, break it down for me. Oh, Frank Grillo is a bank manager. His bank gets hit by a robbery heist thing. Um, and I don't know, he gets himself involved because him and his family are having money troubles and he's now been suspended because I guess somehow it's his fault that the bank got you know robbed and people died. Well, they, they think he might have had something to do with it because the robber or whatever knew the layout of the bank super well. Yeah. Like, you know, is, and because Frank's like, oh, I've never seen him before. He's like, well, then how did he know everything he needed to know? Which I don't even remember if they ever explained how he knew everything there was to know. But they, yeah, they suspect 
hey, you might have been in on this. And until we figure this out, maybe don't come into the bank anymore. I mean, like, and yeah, the robber guy, because like there's there's no suspense here. Like we find out who the the bank robber is basically immediately. Like there's yes. there's a whole like cat and mouse element, but at the same time, not really because like we know who this guy is. And it, yeah, it never gets explained why he's doing this, how he has all the weird technology that he has, including the special lock. I think yeah. that's the only part that we know for sure that he has because his father ran a special lock manufacturing business. Which the government so, seized or did something. And that's where the, the <sighs> reprisal is actually more connected to the bad guy because he's essentially reprising. Yeah. What happened to his dad? It's the guy, it's like Jonathan Sheck, I think is how you pronounce his last name, who we remember from Marauders, where he's basically playing the same character, where there he was doing all this nefarious stuff because his wife was passing from cinematic ladies' disease. Here, it's his dad who is like in a hospital because he's an old crazy dude who was in the war. And the guy, you know, he's like, my dad's a war hero and he can't be treated like this. So I'm going to rob banks. And shoot a bunch of cops. Reprisal. Yeah, the, the, he's got a lot of technology and he seems to like, yeah, we established early on. He knows the layouts and like he manages to like have Frank Grillo and the other guy like set off the die packs so he doesn't leave with the die packs. And then he like escapes by another door, like as the SWAT team gets in. And it's like, okay, so he's he's smart. Like he knows what he's doing. He's got a plan and then as the movie goes on it's like oh but he's just shooting everyone and being like not even a tiny bit subtle and like how does he see this ending for himself why does he keep taking the money how are you gonna spend the money you're gonna die like or be put in prison for a very very long time one or the other yeah his plan is very flawed he's not wearing a cool marauder's mask so it's just oh that guy no one else looks like that so we'll pretty pretty you're able to pretty easily apprehend him yeah, that's kind of the plot of reprisal. It's Frank Grillo teaming up with Bruce Willis to figure out who robbed my bank. I got to clear my name. It's also worth noting that this is set in the same city as Marauders. And we yeah. commented pretty early on that like, we had all those like big scenery shots in Marauders. And the movie opens with the same bridge. Yeah. And we looked into it. And as far as I can see, there's not any real crossover between this one and Marauders. Apart I'm sure there might be. Guy. Yeah. Like a cast and crew, maybe like if we deep dove into the crew and it's probably the same music guy, obviously, but it's not the same. I know. Director. I looked it up. I looked it up. It wasn't the same music guy on this one. Oh, okay. So there you go. Yeah. It's not the same director. I think the only one, this director is definitely Vice, which we yeah. did. Which and is I think awful. That and I think that Jonathan Sheck guy was in that movie too, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Um, but we haven't done, he's got two more Willis's that we haven't gotten to yet. So something to yeah. look forward to. Something to look forward to indeed. But I guess we should talk about, well, there's a few <laughs> things to talk about, actually. One, before we get into the main event, let's talk about his wife and how at one point, his wife, daughter, and him are all in the same shot. And I was like, I honestly can barely tell the wife and the daughter apart. And the daughter is like 12. And I think we looked it up and the wife when she filmed the movie was 24 or 25. And then we learned Frank Grillo's pushing 50. 
pushing 60. He's like was it 60? 56. Yeah. Which like I'm very impressed because goddamn, like Frank Grillo is a good looking man. Yeah, Frank Grillo is a handsome dude. So well done, Frank Grillo, because I would not have I would have said early 40s, probably. If, someone if asked. That, yeah. So so yeah, well done. But yeah, the age difference is wild. As soon as his wife showed up, we both were like, she is way too young. Like this is unsettling. I, I thought that he was maybe a divorced father. <laughs> And that was his teenage daughter. Like she, yep. like she is a young 25. She looks about 16. Yeah, that's it too, is exactly. She's already young because of math, but visually she also looks, you know, if you put her in a, in a high school movie, we, I probably wouldn't have thought too much about like, really high school, her? Um, I'll, I'll interject instead of doing it all in one go, I'll interject with ver- things that are in the, the interview with Frank Grillo on the behind the scenes. He does not seem terribly impressed with her. Uh, they ask him and he's like, yeah, I mean, she's pretty green. She's not really an actor. She's, you know, <laughs> what is she like? She's like a Miss Universe or she's famous online or something. But, uh, you know, she'll get, I don't know. Wow. Like what a way to basically say, I don't think she's very good, but maybe she'll get better. Um, I feel like she probably doesn't. Frank Grillo also uh, trash talks the writer of the movie, <laughs> says that the script is very underwritten and he wasn't very happy with what was on the page. So he had to work with the director who he also says is very inexperienced. It's like, he makes up for it with passion, but you know, he's still pretty <laughs> new and, I'm a hard guy to work with as it is. Like, wow. Okay. At least he uh, acknowledges it, I guess. I And I didn't realize this. I'm just going to, I'll keep going on the Frank Grillo interview. Uh, one of the other movies on our list, Lay the Favorite, which we added kind of late in the game. Frank Grillo is apparently in it. And he says it's a bad movie. <laughs> so... <laughs> Once again, something to look forward to. Yeah, it's like I worked with Bruce on late. I forget the director's name, Stephen Greer or something like that. And he's like, I was with Bruce and Lay the Favorite, the only bad Stephen Greer movie. It's like, oh, no. All right. Well, but also to the surprise of nobody, Frank Grillo didn't really like Reprisal either. There's an interview with him where he basically says, yeah, that was a paycheck movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we established that this movie was basically made because the director and, or the producers had like debts to pay off. So they just cast randoms in the movie and called that their paycheck. Yeah. I have the IMDb trivia in front of me with, which is just a bulleted list of all the sketchy shit going on with reprisal. Uh, The director was only given 14 days to shoot the movie while the producers admit Emmett Furla took massive salaries. So that to me just seems like, money laundering or something i don't know i don't know much about crime or how money laundering works but uh that doesn't scream on the up and up they cast dozens of one-line day players that included people they owed money to to cover their debts and the director agreed to make the movie in consideration for signing a quit claim on another script that randall emmett had stolen and sold to stars as a television series I am still convinced that Brian A. Miller wrote all of these trivia where it's just the director got fucked by this movie. (laughs) Like I did what I could. (laughs) 
I was hoping for, because he's very prominent in the interviews too. And I was really hoping for a little bit more, you know, like what Frank Grillo's doing, where he's not out and out saying this is shit and this person's bad at acting, but it doesn't take much to get at what he's, you know, really saying. I was hoping there was a bit more of that from the director. He did suggest watching the movie two or three times to pick up on all the little things that he put in there. Oh, no, thank you. Which I don't even understand what those things could even be because unlike Marauders, which is also in this IMDb trivia as Bruce Willis was also in another movie that's a lot like this called Marauders, uh, there's no plot really in this. Like Marauders had way too much, but and I could see how, yes, if you watch that one again, maybe you would pick up on stuff. But this, what would there be to pick up on? It's the most A to B plot ever. Frank Grillo is looking for a bank robber and then he finds him. It's, yeah, there's, I, I don't know. Like, are we supposed to pick up on like, oh shit, like the daughter's diabetic because like that's not subtle and like, you know, you've got Bruce Willis drawing and Googling locks. <laughs> yeah, which, man, we really do have to talk about it. I feel like I'm just saving it. But a couple more things first. Yeah, uh, to finish up that thought about, you know, oh, there, you'll, you'll pick up on things. There's no third act plot twist. The bad guy is the same bad guy we see in the opening minutes. It's not as though Bruce Willis ends up being on his side or the wife ends up being on his side or something. Or that, like, Bruce Willis is the, the cop that shut down his father's lock business or whatever yeah like, there's there's nothing and it's no. not a, it's not a subtle movie like what little plot it has like it beats it into the ground like there is, oh yeah there's no subtlety there's no it, like, it's like you said very a to b you start the plot it goes exactly where you're expecting the plot to go me even the diabetic thing it comes into play at the end of the movie kind of sort of foreshadow it instead of you know having something subtle to indicate that that's a thing. They just have a whole scene near the start of the movie where it's like, she's diabetic. We need diabetic medicine for her diabetic needs. It's like, okay, so she's a diabetic. Got it. They spend a lot of time too on like this 12 year old kid, not being very good at like eating her snacks, which that I feel is like the, at that age, like, yeah, that's the time to work in the diabetic stuff because we were both confused because they make a whole thing about why isn't she eating her granola bar or whatever. It's like, what the fuck does this matter? Oh, also, the wife is a nurse and he's a bank manager and they have one child. How are they struggling with money? Like, They've got on. that big ass house and move. Yeah. Like, Although we established in Marauders that bank managers only make like 60 grand, which. Yeah, that's true. And at the end of the movie, spoilers, he quits to be a cop. So they're not going to exactly fix their money problems. I Absolutely not. Like he ends the movie as a rookie cop because he did such a good job <laughs> dealing with the situation in this movie. Which, which we'll just Bruce... ignore the fact that he stole 300 grand. Yeah. And he, which is just like almost a side plot to them. I guess it's like the reason it becomes personal in the, in the, and the robber dude goes after him at the end is because yeah, Frank Grillo almost catches him stealing more money, except Frank Grillo steals some of the money from like the armored truck. The robbers using. So the robber is like, give me back that money. And Bruce Willis is, well, how could you do this? And he's like, ah, it's just to make sure he didn't get away, which I don't know what that means, but and then, yeah, it barely matters. Like, that seems like you'd get in trouble for that, but okay. And then they use it to, you know, get him at the end, kind of. 
it's also great because it leads to the scene where Bruce is really disappointed, but like also there's a camera in the house. So, you know, again, maximizing the Bruce time, he just gets to sit at the table with his shotgun for like 30 minutes. Yeah. And then at the end, they got to maximize it more. So when he gets the shotgun to go shoot the bad guy, he runs in slow motion for a while. So it makes it seem like he's in the movie longer than he actually is. (laughs) It actually made the Bruce Willis time count really hard because near the end, there's all these like quick cuts where it just cuts back to him sitting at the house for five seconds. So it's like, well, I guess I have to count that. And then he doesn't appear again. And then he's on the phone for, you know, hi, Frank Grillo. Yeah, good. get, Get the bad guy. Click. Oh, shit. So it actually got really hard, except for the showcase, the centerpiece of the whole movie, which is where Break It Down for me comes from, <laughs> is when we see the investigation, which I guess this is what led Frank Brillo to believe I'd be a good cop. Uh, retired police officer James Willis, I don't know, I assume he had a last name, but his first name is definitely James, comes over and they're going to get to the bottom of this. And I don't even remember how the lock factored into the robbery. Uh, it locked the doors. It was like a big, like, it's not even really a, a lock. Like, it's just a big fucking clamp. Like, yeah, there's, it there's is. no locking mechanism as far as I saw. It just, it's yeah. a clamp. It's a big clamp. But they really become focused on that being the way to solve this. And they're right. It was. We get, I checked when I went back, it's a five and a half minute scene (laughs) of the two of them discussing and Googling different locks. And that's what Bruce Bruce Willis draws the lock. He's like, was it rectangular? Was it square? And it literally, his drawing is a fucking rectangle (laughs) with like a horseshoe on top. Like the most standard, basic, like five line padlock drawing you can possibly imagine and that was actually bruce willis drawing that match oh yeah like so he didn't great. need a stunt double for that <laughs> do you want it i'll draw the fucking lock of course i will yeah it's there's no way anyone wrote that scene down on paper that is the two of them just being told let's talk about locks so it goes and goes <laughs> like it's 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 I don't know how that scene wasn't supposed to be funny because it goes so far past the logical stopping point for that scene where even if it was just like the first, like break it down for me, like, Oh, it was this lock, but it just like, well, was it steel? Like, no, it was a big, like a big lock, like a heavy lock. Like, I don't even know how we <laughs> carry that lock. And he's like, let me draw locks. And you can tell me and they write <laughs> special lock <laughs> at the top of their board. So and then they're on the internet. Like, was this the lock? Was this the lock? It's like, what the It's f- literally lock? like, <laughs> and you can tell it is actually Frank Grillo and Bruce Willis. And they've just got like a Google images page of locks. And Bruce is very slowly scrolling. I don't even know. Frank Grillo's like, that's it. That's the one. This one right here. Okay. <laughs> Like, I, when they redubbed the break it down for me over two people whose mouths weren't moving, this movie transcended to a whole other level. And this one, out of death, we watched in person. This one, I'm so sad we didn't. But I don't know about you. I was dying during that scene. Like, almost having to message you to say, you need to pause because I need to pause because I'm missing stuff. 
because I'm just laughing at what is going on. Like, there's nothing to message at that point because, like, I, I don't think I could have typed a coherent message. I was just dead. Tell me more about it's... the log. It was big, and like they just start repeating things. Like, it's like it's big. It was heavy. Like how big? Like a big heavy log. And like I think during the scene too, like the whole reason that Frank Grillo goes over to Bruce Willis's house is because he's got sleepy drugs. And they're like, oh, maybe, yeah, back, like the booze with the sleepy drugs. And I'm like, that actually that if they're like super drunk and like also taking, you know, prescription sleeping pills, then this exchange makes more sense. <laughs> I wish it had just hard cut to what's actually happening. Like they think they're having this intense conversation. But then the wife walks in the and it's just looking drunk, in from the window. Drug people. <laughs> Just typing lock into Google and being like, look, it was split. There's good. What the fuck is going on in here? Yeah, it, I, I haven't checked to see if it's on YouTube, but I feel like even out of context, that scene must be hilarious. Oh, it's great. What, how would you feel if I told you that it is director Brian A. Miller's personal favorite thing that he had ever directed <laughs> up until that point? Because is it because it, of the lock scene? No, it's because, uh, I forget how exactly he says it, but he says it's because it's watching like two masters of their craft go head to head. So he's, it is, Sean. he's talking about, it's them like trying to one up each other. And he, he's saying like, oh, you know, it's one of them going like, oh, that's what you're going to do. I can do better. And like trying to outdo each other. It's like, it's, no, it's not. Bruce at no point escalates his voice beyond tell me about the lock, break it down for me. What's going like he, like let's talk about the Bruce performance. It's a pretty typical sleepy Bruce performance. Yeah. And I would say, I don't know. I almost need to start doing the generic bald guy count because I feel like this movie's <laughs> right it's up, be up there. there. Yeah. He like the running with the shotgun scene cuts has to cut back and forth. The editing is just, and I, I, you do what you can because clearly he's not there for a lot of it. But during the end, and I especially noticed it when I went back to do the Willis time count, it's like, here's Willis running, cut to bald, generic dude from the back, cut to Bruce Willis in front of a different wall, cut to the, it's just so poorly chopped together. The action is already pretty, I can't even say bad. It's just very. There's not a lot of it no there's like a car chase in the middle but it's not the music's doing all the heavy lifting because the music is very like the music music wants us to know that this is an intense action sequence yeah the music is definitely just very like this crazy shit and we're like i don't i mean yeah there's a motorcycle and there's a cop car behind that motorcycle but they aren't the shootouts are the hard kill ass you stand up from behind cover and shoot, and then I'll stand up from behind cover and shoot. And sometimes someone will get shot. With like the pistol clip from Willy Wonka, like the never ending. Oh, that's clip. right. <laughs> yeah. Um, one, because it's a very grounded movie and it's weird that they don't touch on Jonathan Sheck having a magic gun. But he clearly does because in the shootout scene, even in just one moment, 
he fired, I think I counted it. It was like yeah, 21 it was times or something. Yeah, it was a lot. And like he's and that, on a bike, like he has no, op- like, a, like a motorcycle. He has no opportunity to reload. Yeah, that he was, was firing. And that was mid scene. So he'd already fired a lot prior to that. So yeah, Magical Gun is just so well, that should have been the conversation instead of like, what is, well, tell me about the lock. It's like, well, he did have a gun that had infinite bullets. Maybe let's talk about that first. Oh, and the yeah, cops so, are completely incompetent. Yes. Well, they have. I mean, Frank Grillo outdoes them all, and his investigation is typing lock into the internet. There's also that whole thing where they like triangulate like where the banks are. And, like, I don't know. That was one part where like I did not follow at all how they got from like these are the locations of the robbery to like, here's 10 places for you to go scope out Frank Grillo. Yeah. Like, how the, like how? Oh, and then Bruce gives him a walkie talkie because reasons there. Are, I, I wanted to watch it again, but I feel like there's a scene that ends prematurely because Bruce Willis just walks away. <laughs> it's right before it's like the walkie talkie scene. And right before he goes out for that action thing, he, ta- he says something like Frank Grillo says something to Bruce Willis about like, are you sure you don't want a gun? Are you sure you don't want to give me a gun? And Bruce just walks out of the frame <laughs> and then the scene ends. It's like, I feel like he had a line there, but he was just like, I'm done. You've got enough. Which kind of just go. Yeah. That is the running thing of this movie is it just really feels like, if man, if it was an yeah. undercooked script and this is what they were able to get from it, oof. Like, I don't think I have a whole lot to say. There are no particularly standout bad performances like Willis is his t- typical. Frank Grillo um, does what he can. Yeah, Frank Grillo's fine. Um, he says in his interview that this is not, this one was not hard. He's like, this is not hard material. He's like, I just came off of, um, oh, what was the show he did? Kingdom. Kingdom. He had just come off of Kingdom. And basically he's like, so that, you know, that was, uh, that's a challenge. So he's like, yeah, coming off of that, like, no, this is nothing. Yeah, but that's an actual quality product though. Yeah. My other favorite interview, and I think the guy they spent the most time with, and as I was watching the interview, I was like, who the fuck even were you in this movie? Is apparently the FBI agent, but the only FBI agent I remember is the guy we briefly thought was the asshole from Veronica Mars. <laughs> and it wasn't this guy. So he was like, I'm special. I play FBI agent Fields or something. And I'm like, who are you in this movie? I don't remember <laughs> you at all. But there's a hilarious part where you don't actually hear the interview asking the interviewer asking the questions. But you know what it is because they kind of open, you know, they'll open their answer with, oh, yeah, working with Bruce same answer as always dream come true you know he's a legend it's like they feed them those lines but there's a funny exchange uh between i have his name here colin egglesfield who plays special agent oh yeah agent fields wow i actually got it where the question is clearly like how what's it like to do an action movie and he gets all indignant he's like I'm surprised you have to ask me that question. I did vampires, the turning where I did Taekwondo. And da, da, da. It's like, really? Really Colin? Cause he's everyone's so, seen that. He's so pissy about like, how could you not know that? And I looked it up. It's got a 3.6 out of 10. He is indeed the star and he apparently does Muay Thai, but 
yeah, it doesn't seem like something that everyone would be like, oh, of course. You're the guy from Vampires the Turning. But hey, he's proud of his work in it, apparently. So good for him. But yeah, that oof, that made me laugh that he immediately was like, you motherfucker, do you know who I am? No. No, we don't. <laughs> no. According to IMDb, barely a thousand people even rated that movie. Um. Yeah, lots of talk in the behind the scenes about like the big action and all this action and how it's in like, you know, oh, it's a good balance between action and characters. Like, again, I know, except for Frank Grillo, apparently you can't really sit in that interview and go, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't watch it, but. <laughs> do, you but think yeah. that, do you think that any of the people that were in this movie as like a debt repayment watched this movie afterwards and we're like, you motherfucker, you still owe me every cent of that money. Apparently maybe Frank Grillo because <laughs> he has, yeah, he has come out and really shit on this movie. He was, yeah, he's like, he even comments um, on the, he commented on the fact that uh, he's got this insanely young wife and how like young she would have had to have been when they when they had yes! the child that they have but i was like that's very true because the kids had to be like 13 12. it's like yeah that's a fucked up relationship yeah uh, i i do not know that i have anything much more to say about reprisal other than it was hilarious at points it's never really it was, boring yeah. at least like i think just because it was entertaining that one- i yeah that one scene i think sustained me throughout the rest because uh I, yeah like i was never really like oh i hope frank grillo gets them it's like yeah we, you know how this is gonna play out but yeah i i, it's, I guess we'll, we'll do the ranking actually no wait first we have to do the bruce willis time count i think i always forget what order we do this in uh, all, right. we have all the details we're fine oh look at that it's in it's in writing. Movie theaters are opening in twelve days, eleven days. Okay. All right. How much screen time do you think Willis has? Except, whoops, I didn't add it up. Okay, fill the time while I quick do some quick math. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, my internet is dropping, so that's good. Um, I'm going to guess that he was in it for 13 minutes and 24 seconds. Cause yeah, there's, and I, and I think probably half of those 13 minutes were actually generic bald guy. All right. Let's see. You were insanely close. 1320. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. Wow. Well done. It's a shame and, uh, we play by the prices, right? Rules. Yeah, this one is the least exact science, I would say, of all of them, except maybe Breach, where I counted the time he wasn't in and subtracted it from the total. But yeah, once it got near the end and the editing gets out of control and it's like, here's quick shot of Bruce. I was like, I guess that's an extra second. And yeah, it got a little unwieldy. And I definitely started doing some estimating of like, I guess that was about five and I'm not going to stop to even check what that was. So you who knows? You might have been right on to the second, but either way, damn close. All right, do you have the ranking in front of you? I almost do. Give me a second. Okay. Here we go. Okay. And then, all right. So 
as we did with the last one, maybe let's start by telling us what our current breakdown is, and then we'll figure out where this one goes. So from worst to best, we have Hard Kill, yeah, Cosmic Sin, Vice, Marauders, Out of Death, Catch 44, Trauma Center, Cold Light of Day, Precious Cargo, and Breach is still in the top spot. What was four and five? Uh, four is Trauma Center and five is Catch 44. It's This one goes somewhere in that general area. I had it between Catch 44 and Out of Death. So sixth. I, I don't know that I can put this below Catch 44, though. It, it was close. And like, I... I think Catch 44 was the more movie-ish movie. I think the, Reprisal might have been more entertaining, but not in the way it intended. Yeah, that's the problem, is that whole sequence is, is my favorite thing that we have watched <laughs> out of all of the movies. And it's I think it's really blinding me to everything around it, because all I remember is being in tears laughing at how stupid that scene was. <laughs> I almost feel like I need to watch Catch 44 again because it's so high. And the more I think back to it, it's like, what did we like about that movie? Forrest Whitaker, I think, mostly. Forrest Whitaker, Bruce Willis having fun. A good cast. We put Trauma Center pretty high. (laughs) Yeah. I have mixed thoughts about that now. I feel like, yeah, tra- like it's it's above out of reprisals above out of death for sure. Definitely. I just trying to decide, do I really want to argue to push it higher? Because you're I think, right. I think the problem is that catch 44 and trauma center should have flipped, which would have put it above trauma center, but below catch 44. Why did we put Trauma Center above Catch 44 again? I don't remember. I think I had it even higher when we started I discussing think I it. I did talk you down. Yeah. I mean, it was a f- enjoyable was enough movie. At least it was compared to everything else we've watched, it was fairly original. Yeah. Like this is this this is just Marauder's Light, really. It's a more entertaining and less gloomy Marauders. Like at least the end it's just it's a bright sunny day when they're running around shooting all those cops versus marauders where it's just like fuck no the rain never stops (laughs) (laughs) i want to put it above catch 44 kind of but i don't have an argument as to why except for one scene is hilarious so i don't think i can justify it like and that's the thing right is that catch 44 is fairly high on the list but it's. I would rewatch Marauders before I would rewatch Catch Forty Four. Not Marauders, but the fuck uh, is this movie? <laughs> Reprise. Yeah. <laughs> so would I, which you know isn't necessarily damning against anything. If someone right now said, "Do you want to watch Schindler's List or Reprisal?" I'd go. I guess Reprisal. Like yes, of course. The other one's a masterpiece, but no thanks. Oh. Yeah, I don't think I can push too hard to put it above Catch Forty Four. Aside from, like, now that I'm really sitting and thinking about it, like, everything outside of that one scene is 
like it's tough to justify putting it there because it's so stupid that it made me laugh a lot. Well, that's just it, right? Like it again, it was very entertaining, but I don't think it was very entertaining in the way intended. Yeah. Like we've kept breach and precious cargo so high because we spent the whole time going like, this is actually like, we weren't Good. laughing like at how stupid it was. We were just having breach. I still blame just like our fucked up brains being like, Oh my God, this I'll take this. And Precious Cargo gets the credit, the one for being the absolute first one, I think, is really helping it. Because I think in another world where Precious Cargo had been, you know, this episode, who knows what this whole thing could look like. I think Although, it gets I mean, the- it, it was the first one, and it's still the one that I probably remember the most about, because it was... I Yeah, that's it. true. The one that honestly keeps fading more and more is Catch 44. This one that nothing else seems to be able to topple down. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have the fight in me to put it above because at least like you said, Catch 44 is a movie, whereas Reprisal is a bunch of footage that an editor had to craft into something to settle some gambling debts. So fine. All right. So we are settled on it between Catch 44 and Out of Death. Yeah. Excellent. All right. What's next? Okay, hopefully this is feasible, but if not, we'll have to respin. But I spun 25. 25 is Apex. Oh dear. Yeah, that's feasible. You might have to throw a few bucks at it. Um, I, yeah, my Blu ray doesn't come out for a bit, but I mean, I don't really care if I have to. <laughs> throw some money at a digital rental. The Blu-ray is just a matter of pride at this point that I have to have this dumb full collection. So yeah, there's really, there wouldn't be anything stopping us from doing that. So yeah, you heard it, everyone. Next is Apex, a movie that I think also kind of has a rep because before it came out, even people who don't normally talk about bad Bruce Willis movies were like, holy shit, look at this bad Bruce Willis movie. There's that one image that someone sent us to say, are you going to do this one too? And it's like a computer hologram of a Bruce Willis head and it looks awful. So, all right. Um, I'm already on IMDb. So I'll take a look at what Apex has going on there. I'm on Letterboxd because I wanted to check where it's available. It's available for rent on Google or YouTube for $5. I feel like we just missed a, a sale on this one, but it might've been to own it and... I'm already committed to that. So 3.1 on IMDb, although Reprisal had a 4.3. So, (laughs) Um, oh, wait, we have to guess what we think it's about. I think that this is going to be a really shitty, like, C-list take on Predator, essentially. Yep. Uh, I can't even come up with a different thing. I think it's exactly that is like a group of mercenaries or something. It's probably ex-cop or ex-marine or ex-something yeah. in a sci-fi future has to like go to a planet and kill some stuff. Yeah. I can't even, fo- I can't even come up with a different theory because I think that's exactly what it's going to be. Uh, by the same director as Cosmic Sin, by the way. So we're Fuck in yeah, it is. <laughs> but it has a couple. Well, Lachlan Monroe is back. Oh, good. Who is also, of course, in Cosmic Sin. But Neil McDonough is in it. And he sometimes... 
if you looked him up, you'd recognize him. He's 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 been in he was in like okay, I'm trying to look at something he's done recently that's good. Because <laughs> I mean, okay, apparently he's been in American Horror Story recently. I mean, he was in that not great Resident Evil movie that just came out. Oh, he, he was on Legends. He's on Legends of Tomorrow. He was in Sonic the Hedgehog. So he still has a career. Yeah. Corey Lark bunch- is back. Oh, yeah. Which one was he from again? He's the, he's the guy that I keep calling the little guy that I think is Bruce Willis's actual FF. friend. Yeah. Except that he's like 6'3", and I don't know why in my mind he's like 4'3". And joining, I think, the ranks of the, the Willis crew, because I've now seen he's in a couple, Wayne Gretzky's son, Trevor, <laughs> playing Eka in this movie. Uh, he is set to be in... A, uh, oh, he was in Cosmic Sin, too. Was he? Fuck. Who was he? I mean, it doesn't matter. He played Felix. I have no idea who Felix was now, but holy shit. Welcome to the, the Willis Venn diagram, Wayne Gretzky's son, because he's in Cosmic Sin, Apex, and he's in uh, American the upcoming Siege. American Siege, along with Wayne Gretzky's wife. So, I, oh, so uh, American Siege is the same director as yeah. So... He's got some kind of hold on the Gretzky's, apparently. This guy has done nothing except these Bruce Willis movies and something called Broil. Wayne Gretzky's wife has not been in a movie since 2014. So uh, something about American Siege has pulled her back. I guess we'll see. That one comes out in March. Um, Oh, and in other Bruce Willis news that by the time this goes live won't be relevant... He, uh, that Devin Sawa movie has a release date, January 25th for Gasoline Alley. Also this director. Wait, what? There's a movie called Distractor? No, it's also by this director. Oh, okay. I thought you said there's another Bruce Willis movie called Distractors. Oh, shit. I didn't know about that one. Didn't enunciate my anything right. Good God, this is going to be terrible. I don't remember. Did we say on the Out of Death episode that while we were watching Out of Death, the director of Out of Death's new movie <laughs> made its way into Bruce Willis's filmography? Like it hadn't been there the day before? I don't know if we touched on it, but yeah. That was an incredible thing that happened. Uh, I'm looking at Bruce Willis's filmography right as it stands. We know about everything that's listed here, so I don't think there's anything new, but I'm sure give it time. There's the uh, fact that we're pretty sure that Devin Sawa was kind of subtweeting Bruce Willis. Yeah, Devin Sawa definitely tweeted something about how he doesn't understand actors who clearly don't want to be there. It's like, well, I'm having trouble thinking of who else that might be. But uh, all right, back to IMDb. It's official. Bruce Willis has forgotten how to act. <laughs> What's its letterbox average? I'm going to predict 1.4. 1.4. Nice. Oh, <laughs> uh, see, again, I don't like this. Bruce Willis, the new Nicolas Cage. Nope. Stop making that comparison. Um, I'm going to flip away from IMDb because this is a lot of like spoilery stuff. I'm going to check Amazon. Half, half a star. An actor who stopped giving a shit about acting over a decade ago stars in the umpteenth unofficial adaptation of Richard Connell's The Most Dangerous Game. 
Oh, fuck. Well, now we know what maybe it's about. Was, maybe that was a little spoilery. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I think we were both wrong in our prediction then if that's what it's going to be. Someone eh, being might, hunted. Might be, in, might be in space. Uh, another of those films Bruce seems to be doing just to keep the dollars rolling in. Okay, I suppose, but ran out of steam towards the end. Five stars. <laughs> this DVD arrived promptly and in perfect condition. I bought it to add to my collection. I haven't actually watched it as of yet, but it arrived completely sealed and at a reasonable price. Four stars. Half a star. Is Bruce Willis okay? No. One and a half stars. Bruce Willis berry picking simulator. Color me intrigued. Again, I think we're spoiling a whole bunch of stuff because that to me sounds like Bruce is the one being hunted if he's forced to collect berries. Space berries, maybe. So it seems like Apex is going to be about Neil McDonough hunting Bruce. I guess we'll see. Oh, shit. No Way Home comes out on Blu-ray March 15th. I didn't know that. That's exciting. Filmed on Vancouver Island. All right. I've never been, but maybe it looks like space. It does not look like space. I mean, you can go slugs. You can easily go to, you know, a greenery place and just say it's a jungle planet. Yeah, there's some big the forest ass planet. Yeah, there you go. It's a forest planet. Yeah. Uh, I guess I, I guess I should check its Rotten Tomatoes rating before I pre-order Spider-Man No Way Home because they're telling me it will be delivered on March 15th. I want to watch that movie again. Apex. I predict probably a zero, right? Zero percent. I'm gonna go three. Zero. Oh. But a 74% audience score, Hmm. which is, I think, easily the highest we've ever seen. There's only six reviews, though. Uh, One, one, three, D minus, one, no score. Hmm. So it sounds like we're in for a treat. Yeah. I don't know if I'm excited for this one. The the sci-fi stuff is clearly, I mean... I guess mostly bad. Cosmic Sin is still second last. Breach still number one, but I think Vice is like, what, third last? Yeah, it's close to the bottom. And like, I think the only reason it's not closer to the bottom is, yeah, it's it's third. Yeah. I think that's just because Hard Kill was such a slog. I still, if we make it to the end of this and Hard Kill isn't in last place, can you, like think about what that movie is. The movie that dethroned Hard Kill as the worst one. If it wasn't out of death, I, I am looking at the list of Willis movies that we still have. It's going to be a surprise because I don't offhand see a candidate. I don't even want to think about it because that movie was such a slog. Like it wasn't yeah. even, it was, there was nothing fun about that movie experience. Like there wasn't, couldn't even really make fun of it because there wasn't enough there to make fun of. Yeah. Aside from the pardoner, there wasn't yeah, really was anything really... to grab onto. It's a, it's apparently got a bit of a rep too. Cause when they announced gasoline alley, the first comment was, did anyone see, like, did anyone see that movie that just took place in an empty warehouse? It's like, oh, okay. Hard kill. All right, I think we covered all of the ground that we need to cover. So I'm as really hoping Edward Drake does better with this sci-fi than he did with Cosmic Sin, because yeah, that right. I forgot it's the same guy. <laughs> that was a Damn whole it. mess. That doesn't bode well for us. Um, oh, and just because I always forget to throw in anything about finances, apparently Reprisal made six hundred grand worldwide. I think so it deserves it. Yeah, I bet it that was a fun. Season. 
Yeah. <laughs> this must have been a quite the theater experience. So yeah, that's Goodwill is Hunting. Um, thank you for listening. If you're enjoying it, which I hope you are, consider, you know, throwing a star rating at us or because we're watching a bunch of Bruce Willis movies. So it'd be great to see people, you know, say, I am listening and this is worthy of your time. You being us, worthy of our time. Uh, please, do please I... don't make us watch all of these movies for nothing. Please. Yes. Oh my God. I beg of you. Uh, we have others to check out. So do we still like this? Check out flipping through franchises, which still only has the one season, but come on, that, that shows a lot of work. Give me a break. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Those are finally now combined. They, you know, represent all the different stuff that we're doing. Instagram is next website still being worked on. Again, it takes time. Like, Come on, stop it. And until Apex, keep hunting them Willis's and tell your friends to break it down for you. Tell, to tell you about the lock. Special lock. The special lock in quotes. I'm not getting paid enough to do this crap.